Love Well on Purpose, a podcast giving you biblical encouragement to love the people around you with intentionality. I'm your host, Rachel Shell, and I'm so glad that you have joined us. For the past 10 years or so, I have been fascinated with the concept of loving well on purpose, biblical hospitality, and what all of this means. It's kind of buzzwords around church, but until about 10 years ago, I didn't really have an understanding of what this all meant. And so I've looked into scripture, I've dug down deep, and then for the past two years, I've been sharing five-minute tips and encouragement along the way to help you be able to love others well. Well, another thing I love to do, as well as sharing those encouragements, is I love to teach scripture. And so for the next 12 to 13 weeks, we are going to be teaching scripture and looking at what the Bible has to say about loving well on purpose. So the format is shifting a little bit for this podcast, and I'm super excited for it. Let's get to it. So from the earliest times of children's ministry and preschool ministry, we teach children in church that God is love. And it's true. God is love. My four-year-old is learning John 15, 12, which says, love one another as I have loved you. Now she can quote this and it's super cute and it's wonderful and it's a great thing for her to be learning. But I think sometimes that we can say it, but we don't fully understand what it means to love one another. So we're going to talk about that today. So time and time again in scripture, predominantly in the New Testament, we see the command to love one another. Passages like 1 John 4, 19 through 21, Philippians 2, 3 through 4, and Matthew 5, 43 through 48 are great examples of passages that talk about loving one another. We're going to park in John 13, 34. It's Jesus talking and he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Now, I think it's really important to recognize that the New Testament is where we see this command to love one another. We don't see it as much in the Old Testament. We'll see examples of loving one another well in the Old Testament, but we don't see the command to do that. And the reasoning is really important. So the command that Jesus is giving here, he says, a new commandment I give you. This command is Jesus replacing the Old Testament laws. The Jewish people that would be hearing Jesus say this would would kind of go, I'm sorry, what? It was completely countercultural to what they knew. See, what they grew up with was this law of judgment in the Old Testament. Before Christ, justice prevailed. God was a judge who had to um, punish sin. That's why sacrifices are so important in the Old Testament, because God could not look at sin. And so they had to offer up these sacrifices continually just to have some type of connection with God. But when Jesus came, he was the perfect sacrifice. He had no sin, but he took on our sin so that if we would confess that we are sinners and ask God to forgive us, that we would have salvation and eternal life. When that happens, we get access to God through Jesus. There's no longer this need to offer sacrifice after sacrifice because Jesus was the final perfect sacrifice. And so as a result, the Levitical law of equal repayment gets wiped away. See, Leviticus 24.20 says is a great example of what the Jewish people would have would have. Um, been used to. So Leviticus 24.20 says, fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, whatever injury he has given a person shall be given to him. Yikes. 
Okay, so think of this in the context. If you have children or nieces and nephews, grandchildren, you babysit, whatever the case may be, think of this. So Johnny gives Susie a black eye as they're fighting over a toy. Well, then Susie would be able to give Johnny a black eye as well. Equal repayment. It's just, it's fair, right? But, but as parents, or as people are, that are adults, we would go, wait, wait, no, 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 that's not right. We need to ask forgiveness. We need to work through this, but you don't just get to haul off and hit Johnny just because he hit you, right? And so Jesus tells us something crazy in Matthew 5, 39. He's talking to the person, the crowds, and he says, well, you've heard this whole eye for an eye thing, but... But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now, this isn't necessarily precise in terms of what you would do. If somebody slaps you, you don't have to go and be like, oh, you missed a cheek, right? That's not what that means. But what he was saying is he was turning this whole cultural understanding on its head. And he was saying, you've heard an eye for an eye. I'm going to repay you. And now Jesus is saying, no, we're going to love one another. And so this is a new commandment. This is shocking. This is crazy. But what does loving one another look like? How do we do this? And we see it. Jesus answers this question before we can even ask it. He says, as I have loved you, love one another. And so this love is a two-part type of love that we need to have for others. John 13, 34 continues after he says a new commandment I give you. He says, as I loved you, you also are to love one another. Well, how did Jesus love us? Romans 5, 8 says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So if we are supposed to love like Jesus, then our love needs to be sacrificial love. Loving well on purpose, loving others with intentionality requires a sacrifice from us our time, our energy, our resources, all of these things we need to be able to love so fully that we hold nothing back. This means that even if finances are tight, we still find a way to offer what we have to help someone else. That doesn't mean that we have to go in massive debt or we have to give things that we truly cannot give. But I would venture to say that all of us have something extra that we can give. It's looking at another frazzled mom at baseball practice or soccer practice who's trying to juggle baseball practice, dance recitals and, and gymnastics and all of these things. And it's saying, you know what? Hey, can we carpool? Can we do something? Can I help you out? I know that you are trying to balance running here and there and picking all the kids up. Can I help you with that? Let me know what I can do. I would love to carpool. Now that's a sacrifice in your part. It, it doesn't help you in any way, but it could help this other person. It's something that you have the ability to do and it's loving them well, right? So you see where there's a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice of time, of resources, and you're using that sacrifice to love well, just as Jesus sacrificed himself for us. The second thing is that our love should be natural. So our love should be natural. Think about an apple tree. When you first plant an apple tree, it's first gonna grow and get leaves and its branches are gonna fill out. And then eventually it's gonna start producing fruit. And the first fruit that it produces is gonna be kind of small, not super delicious. But as it goes on, 
the fruit is going to be better and better tasting. It's going to be ripe and delicious and wonderful. And if it's not, well, it's probably dead or dying. And so in the same way, we as Christians are supposed to have this natural progression that happens in us when we have the love of Christ. We have the fruits of the Spirit. We see that in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. If you grew up in church, you probably know the fruits of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. Right? That means that both Christians and non-Christians could all agree that self-control, peace, kindness, gentleness, these things matter, right? And the first fruit that we see mentioned is love. So if we are Christians, if we are growing in this love of Christ, if we are experiencing God's love in fresh new ways every single day, then we're going to start producing fruit that looks like Jesus. And so we're going to start loving others well, naturally, because it is what Jesus does. Jesus loves. God is love. And so naturally, love is going to start flowing out of us. If it doesn't, we have to question what's going on. And so love is the natural overflow of Christ in us. When we are truly living in the regenerative power of salvation, loving others well will be the natural flow of our lives. Let me say that again. When we are truly living in the regenerative power of salvation, loving others well will be the natural flow of our lives. We love well on purpose, not out of obligation, but in response to the compelling love of Jesus. Kindness matters. Biblical hospitality matters. Opening up our home and our lives matters. And it matters because when we are loving others well, we are displaying the love of Christ. And it's not hard to do. I think sometimes we use the excuse that biblical hospitality isn't our gift or, um, oh, but oh, they're so much better at seeing the needs of people than I am. That's a cop-out. The truth of the matter is, is if Christ is in us, then loving well on purpose isn't that hard. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Is it maybe a little awkward at times? Definitely. Does it take practice? Sure. But it's not hard. Not if Christ is in us and we are striving to be like him. Jesus loved the lepers, the demon-possessed, the town harlots, the tax collectors, the stinky shepherds, and he loves you and me. He loves the vilest of vile, which includes you and me. So if he can love us, sin and all, we should be able to love our neighbors well. We should be able to love our coworkers well, church members well, our estranged family well, right? Not without boundaries, but we should still be able to love well, on purpose, with intentionality, because of Christ in us. Over the next 12 to 13 weeks, we are going to look at examples in scripture of loving well. There's going to be some that are going to be familiar to you, like the Good Samaritan, and then there's going to be others that maybe you've never thought of in the context of loving well before. I hope that what this does is that one, it shows you that you already have been loving well on purpose and maybe didn't even know it. Two, I hope that it encourages you to think about the gifts and abilities that God has given you, as well as the experiences that you have gone through that 
provide you a unique way to love others well. The beauty is that you are going to love others well in a way that I would not. We are all different. My experiences are different than yours. And that enables us to see people and love people in different ways. And that's a fantastic thing. So as we journey through these examples, I hope that it encourages you to lavish love in bold ways. After all, it's not all on your shoulders. It's Christ in us, loving well through us. That makes it a little easier, I think. I'm so glad you joined me today for this podcast. I've included all of the verses as well as some thoughts on this podcast in the show notes that you can find at rachelshelp.com slash the podcast. I'm so glad you've joined me, whether it's through the audio podcast or the video podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Please subscribe as well as share it with your friends so that we can have a larger community of people that are loving well on purpose. If you're not part of my email community, I would encourage you to sign up for that. I send out one or two emails a month just with information that you may have missed, as well as some freebies and fun stuff. It really is a great way to help me spread the word about Love Well on Purpose community. Thank you so much for being here. You can follow me on rachelshelp.com as well as on social media. Let's go love well on purpose. <laughs>